Good singing tonight, wasn't it? Yes. Wonderful. I'm telling you. And it's good to see all of you. Pretty good crowd tonight. Thank you for coming. Uh, just a few announcements, if you will, please. Uh, Frank's sister, in case you haven't heard Frank's sister, Kay, passed away about 3.15 this afternoon. They were expecting that, but still it's always difficult. We don't have any details about arrangements yet, but we will put that on the page as quick as we get them. Good group back for our team kid tonight, wasn't it? Yes. Good group. It's growing. It's growing. That's wonderful. Wanted to grow and go forward. Uh, that's, that's what this is all about. And then pray for Sunday school and the worship service Sunday. A great day, a wonderful day, and should have a lot of people coming back. Some have been out sick. Uh, pray for my darling wife. Uh, they postponed the surgery until next Thursday. Uh, we were gearing up for that over the weekend, and then uh, we got a call that they had not done some of the paperwork properly. Big surprise, government. Started to pay for it myself, then they told me the price tag, and I said, we'll wait one week. We'll wait a week. But anyway, it was a big letdown, but we're just gearing up for this coming Thursday. Uh, not, not tomorrow, of course, but the next Thursday. And then that'll make it that much sweeter when she gets that done and gets in here with you. There's no reason why she cannot come after she heals from this surgery because that's been the culprit, the whole problem down the right side of her body, all that pain. And that should be removed almost immediately according to the surgeon. So we're excited about that. But thank you for praying and thank you, Brother Doug Maddox, for filling in being such a friend. How about some prayer requests from some of you? Anybody? Yeah, remember Rodney. All right. I'm trying to get out of his lawyer, and for some reason, his lawyer is not answering his phone. Okay. Keep praying for Rodney. Anybody else? Remember Frank. Remember Frank's family also. Yes, yes. All right. Miss Brenda? Okay. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Silent request? All over the building. Uh, help us keep eye on Cindy Gossett. She's back there tonight. <laughs> I knew it. I love this lady. She, she, is, she is full of meanness, and I love this lady. Uh, she is just something special. It's just good when you're here. 
Luke chapter 8, if you will, please, verses 40 through 56. Thank you for the congregational singing, the two specials, beautiful, both of them. Thank you so much. Luke 8, verse 40 through the remaining part of the chapter. Luke 8, verse 40. It came to pass, and oh, I love this verse. I wish it were, were true. It seems true on the surface, but it's not really true of that crowd and certainly not today, but listen to it. Just imagine how this should be. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. Isn't that wonderful? If it could only be that way. And behold, there came a man named Jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house for he had only one daughter about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed by any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her, uh, the issue of her blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh one of the ruler of the synagogue's house, that is Jairus saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. They had mourners that they paid to come in and do that, according to Jewish custom. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn knowing she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she rose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Let's look at the compassion of Jesus tonight. Dear Lord, thank you for the good crowd here and what a joy it is to be in your house with your people. Oh, I love it. And I pray for every prayer request. Dear Lord, you know each and every one and their needs. And then all the hands raised about unspoken requests. Dear Lord, every one of them. Now, Holy Spirit, it's so wonderful to know you're with us. And I can be confident that you're our preacher and teacher and you share with us wonderful words of life. Do your work only as you can. Meet every need here and I'll praise you, dear Lord, for all you do. For I ask it in your name and with thanksgiving. Amen. Jesus understood what suffering and disease and death was all about. In Isaiah 53, verse 3, Isaiah called him a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, Jesus knew how it felt to hurt. He knew how it felt to be alone. He knew how it felt to be rejected. 
When Lazarus died, we're told in John eleven thirty five, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And that word wept is a very strong emotional term and it means he sobbed loudly. If you'd have been an earshot anywhere around, you could have heard Jesus weeping over the death of Lazarus. He loved that family, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He loved them dearly. He would go out of his way sometime to have a meal with them, even spend the night with them. He loved that family. And when Lazarus died, it broke his heart. Jesus was compassionate. Now the passage before us tonight gives us two illustrations. The Jairus and his daughter of 12 years of age, and then the woman with an issue of blood, 12 years. Very desperate people, very desperate situations, and yet Jesus came to the rescue and took care of their families. He's wonderful, is he not? So wonderfully compassionate. The first part is the crowds around Jesus in verses 40 through 42. Again, I love the way Luke puts it in verse 40. And oh, that it could be this way that when Jesus returned, the people gladly received him. And that's wonderful. And they were all waiting for him. On the surface, it would appear that this crowd was true, blue, and genuine. But not so. It was just on the surface. They were fascinated with this miracle worker. And there were thousands of them who were sickly, diseased, and they wanted this miracle worker to heal their bodies. Others wanted him to overthrow the Roman government so they could have their sovereignty back again as a nation. They weren't that interested in Jesus personally and that shameful. And it's the same way in our society, is it not? Should not be that way. Oh, he's the king of glory now to be hailed and worshipped as such. And everybody who claims His name around this world should just worship and adore and praise Him at His very mention of His name, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's marvelous. Thank God someday it will be that way. When He comes again as King of kings and Lord of lords and establishes His kingdom, Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that He is Jesus Christ the Lord. They may not want to, but they will, and God the Father will see that His Son is glorified globally. I love that. I can't wait for that day because it's certainly not that way now. But the crowds were around Him. The whole point of that is Jesus was a people person. If he was here physically tonight, you know what he would do after the service? First of all, I'd give him my time. <laughs> but if he was here after the service, he would mingle around with all of you. He'd say, it's good to see you. How have you been? How are you feeling? Tell me what's on your mind. And he would spend time with you. He was that kind of a person. Jesus was a people person. He mingled with people. He didn't feel like it was beneath him, and yet he was the Son of God. And yet he enjoyed the common people. Now, he was not like the rabbis of his day, those highbrows, those upper crust people. You know what the upper crust people are? A bunch of crumbs held together by their own dough. You got it. Praise God, you got it. I didn't have to explain it at all. But 
those rabbis, they would never condescend to the common people. Oh, and they were holier than thou. But Jesus was the rabbi of all rabbis, the master teacher, and he congregated with all of them, men, women, boys, and girls, and said, tell me your story. Let's spend some time together. And he'd walk along the road with them and spend quality time. That's our Savior. He's still that way, by the way. He's still that way. Psalm 29, 11, The Lord will give strength to His people. He will bless His people with peace. He loves His people. Now among this crowd, there was a Jewish ruler in the synagogue whose name was Jairus. He was the leader in that local Jewish synagogue. And he had possibly witnessed some of the miracles of Jesus. He had heard about Him for sure. Jesus may have visited that very synagogue. We're not sure. But according to verse 42, uh, he told Jesus about his own only daughter. Luke says in verse 42, his one only daughter, 12 years old, bless her little heart, so tender, so precious. And she was at the point of death and he fell down before the Lord Jesus and pleaded with him to come to his house and healed his daughter who was at the point of death. And Jesus said, okay, I'll go. Now you've got to understand something. And then we're coming to the second point. If you'd like to know what it is, say amen. amen. Not only the crowds around Jesus, but the compassion of Jesus. Verse 42, the latter part of it says, but as he went, the people thronged him. I'm talking about thousands of people. Thousands. And they were all pulling at him, tugging at him, trying to get his attention, saying, I'm sick, I want to be healed. Please, I'm diseased, I'm crippled. Please help me, Lord Jesus. Please heal my body. Thousands of them. And he's walking along with this great crowd toward the house of Jairus. And when they were in route, he was interrupted by a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. And Luke says, and I wonder what was going through Luke's mind being a physician himself, a medical doctor, when he put in verse 43 that she spent all of her living on physicians. Now he had to get personally involved in that one. Luke was a fellow physician, but she could not be healed. She'd spent everything she had according to verse 43. But... You need to understand something about this woman. Her particular blood issue, her hemorrhage, had a shame and a stigma about it. According to the book of Leviticus, she was declared unclean. She could not mingle with the rest of society. You know what that means? She lost her family. She was this way 12 years. That's a long time. Maybe she was married and had kids. Couldn't associate with them. Ostracized, separated from them. Couldn't go to the temple and worship. Couldn't go to the synagogue and worship. Couldn't go to the market and buy food when the other ladies was around. She was excommunicated from everybody. This is the life she had lived for 12 years, not including her pain. And she was broke. She spent every dime she had and was still sick. That touched the heart of the Son of God. He was the great physician and he was about to heal her. 
because he can heal anybody of anything. Oh my. Psalm says that he loves his own. But to get the picture, Jesus was thronged with all these people and this woman comes up behind him, Cindy, and touches the hem of his garment. Now, that word doesn't mean he just, she just touched it. She clutched it. She grabbed a hold of it. And when he took another step, it pulled back on him and she, he felt that. And he turned around and he said, who touched me? And Peter thought, you've you got to be kidding. There's thousands of people here all over you. And you ask who touched you? He said, yes, but this was different. This was a touch of desperation. This was a touch of faith. She believed if she could touch me, she would be healed. And she was instantly, completely healed after 12 years. Nobody else could help her, but he could. And he can help you with any situation you're in too. He really can. That's amazing. And so, here's what happens. While... He's ministering to her. The little girl dies. The 12-year-old girl dies. Jerry's daughter dies. But our Lord is never too busy, even though we might not understand. He's never too busy to go out of His way to help, even if it does cause misunderstanding. Now, you, wait a minute. That man had to be somewhat frustrated with the Savior. They were in route trying to get to his house, get to his daughter before it was too late. She was at the point of death. This woman comes, interrupts it all. He stops and ministers to her. In that time, the little girl dies. There has to be some question there. What is he doing? Does he not understand my daughter's dying? Sometimes delays are by design. And we don't understand why God will not do what we want Him to do, when we want Him to do it. But there is a design in the process. God stalls it out on purpose. Will not give you what you want when you want it. Not that He doesn't care, but because He has a better plan in mind. <laughs> you remember when Lazarus died and Mary and Martha she, they both complained to him. If you'd have been here, our brother not died. You know what he said? Now you wait a minute. This has happened to the glory of God. You just watch what I do and God will be glorified and you'll be better off for the delay. And he raised their brother back to life again. That was a whole lot better than healing him when he was sick. Am I right? Amen. Delays have design. God always knows what he's doing. And that's why 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. I love that. I love that. So she was healed instantly, completely. And she tried to keep it quiet. We'll get back to Jairus in just a moment. She didn't want any public notice there about it. She didn't want any attention drawn to herself because she'd already lived with that stigma and shame for 12 years. But not only did Jesus give her her health back, he gave her 
her life back. Look at verse 48. Verse 47. Well, verse 48. Be of good comfort, daughter, because thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. When he said, daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole, he was declaring to everybody she was healed, she was whole, she no longer had that stigma, she was no longer excommunicated, she could mingle with everybody. He gave her her life back. And listen, when you met him, do you remember? He gave you your life back. You didn't have a life till you met the Savior. But when you met the Master, he gave you a life worth living and he did that for this dear lady. Now, here comes this servant from the house of Jairus while this is going on. And here's what he says. He says in verse 49, thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Mark says it this way in Mark 5.35. Why trouble thou the master any farther? It's too late even for Jesus to help. That's what they were saying. It's too late even for Jesus to help. It's never too late for Jesus to help. There's no situation he cannot enter into, no matter how impossible it may seem. He enters into that and he can make a way when there is no way. He can make a way. And I love that about him. There's nothing beyond our Lord's ability. In verses 54 and 55, he went to the home of, Jer of Jairus. Twelve-year-old daughter was dead. Imagine the mother. It's always harder on a mother when a child dies. Always. Went in that home. And the mourners are all around and they're crying and pleading. And some of them were paid to do that. And they were mourning about the death of the little girl. And Jesus said, don't, don't do that because she's asleep. She's not really dead. And they laughed at him. Well, he put everybody out, took Peter, James, and John and the parents back into the room where the lifeless body, the limp form of that little girl was. And he said, daughter, I say unto thee, arise. And her spirit came into her again. Her color came back. Her heart began to beat. Blood began to flow. She had a pulse. Her eyes began to sparkle. She was alive again because Jesus raised her from the dead. Isn't that amazing? That's wonderful. The compassion and power of Jesus. But in conclusion, let's circle back around to this a minute about delays are not without design. Now, trials and heartaches will not build character and make you a better Christian. It is responding properly to trials and heartaches that will make you a better Christian because everybody has them, but it's how you respond to them. Spurgeon said this, and I hope you'll think. Talking about a saved person who's going through terrible trials. They don't understand. Job went through one for about a year. No explanation at all. Lost everything. Ten children killed. Went to a funeral of ten children. Can you imagine ten coffins laying out there? And you walk by and look at all ten of your children. No explanation from God. And you love him and you're living for him. 
Lost his inheritance, lost his wealth, lost his health, lost everything. God marked that man because he was going to make something great out of that man. And here's what Spurgeon said in his book on the suffering of man and the sovereignty of God. If you've ever seen that book, you need to buy it. Before God cleanses a man, he makes him foul. Before God clothes a man, he strips him naked. Before God enriches a man, he makes him as poor as Lazarus. And before God makes a man alive, he kills him. I would never want God to mark a man like that because the price is too high. You say, preacher, I want to be, I want to be broken and humble and like Hazel saying, broken and spilled out. I want to be like that. Watch what you say. There's a very high price for that. God will mark you and God will put you through something that will seem like a living hell. He'll seem like your worst enemy for a while. But oh, the benefits of it. Here's what Job said after he went through that. He maketh my heart soft. And I love this about what Job said. He knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That is quite wonderful to experience that, but you don't wish that on anybody because it's worse than death in some sense. I hope they don't mind the personal illustration, but I've known Doug and Hazel for a while. And I heard Doug preach before their son died. I heard Hazel sing before their son died. Now I've heard Doug preach since his son has died. And Hazel sings since her son has died. And there's a remarkable difference. There's a depth a heart, a soul, a character there that even though they had a lot of that before, they've got a lot more of it now. That's what God does when He marks you and He brings things into your life that you question and you think, I don't think I'm going to live through this. This is more than I can bear. But it's not without design. It's to burn the dross off of your life and purify the gold in your life so people can see the Lord Jesus in you. And there's no painless way to do that. All pride has to go. All of it. And that's hard to get out. We've all got some. Spurgeon said it's, trying, it's like trying to separate the marrow from the bones. You can't hardly get it out. It's nearly impossible. Almost all of us have too much pride. And God hates it. And He'll do anything to get it out if He's really going to use you. It's got to go. That's what was happening here for Jairus and for this woman with the issue of blood. 
Now, maybe sometime we can hear Hazel preach and Doug sing. What do you think about that? She does that. Uh oh, you're sleeping on the couch, big boy. But there's Frank back there tonight. Frank, we love you, brother. You and Katrina, bless your heart. Okay, went home to be with the Lord about 3.15, I believe it was. But we sure love you, dear friend. And we're here for you tonight. And the, the Bible study tonight was on the compassion of Jesus. And He'll wrap Himself all around you and you know that. And you're going to make it. Isn't it wonderful that we have a Savior like we do? So full of compassion. I believe I'll ask you to stand, if you will, please. And Kathy, if you don't mind coming to the pen and just playing softly, we're not going to sing. But if, if you'd just like to come tonight while she plays and say, Lord, there's been some delays in my life before. There's been some things you've allowed to happen to me that I question you about because it hurt me so deeply. And I thought you were against me for a while. I, I, I just couldn't understand why you'd allow that to happen in my life and in my family. But now on the, on the other side of it, I can say thank you, Lord, for you made no mistakes. You knew what you were doing. And you may want to come tonight and thank Him for investing in your life. He doesn't do that with everybody. He can't trust everybody with that because they don't respond properly. But you have, and you're thankful for your scars because they tell a story. And you may want to come tonight. And I, I want Frank and Katrina to come for sure. And we're going to pray for her. But if you just want to come and Pray and thank the Lord for His blessings on you and your family. Or pray for somebody and pray for Sunday. Whatever you want to do. But, Kathy, if you'll just pray softly and if you'd like to come, you just start coming. And we'll pray again in a minute. If you'd just like to come, you're welcome to. And we're all going to be praying with Frank Katrina in a minute. Some of you might just want to pray where you are. That's all right. You don't have to come. Pray where you are. That's fine. Just start praying while you're down here. And I'll close this in prayer in a few minutes back there you pray where you are I know you're praying God bless you I know you're praying
now, dear Lord, we join all of these praying for Frank Katrina, especially tonight. Bless his heart. His sister's in heaven tonight. That's wonderful. But there's a vacancy there. I pray for his family. Please give him peace and comfort like he's never known. Embrace him. Hold him closely to your ever-loving heart. All these that are praying down here, you know why they're here. You know why they're praying. I pray for them as well. Oh, please help everyone in this room. And dear Lord, Sunday with the most wonderful day, a day like we've never seen before. Bless us and keep us until that time. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for praying. Thank you. Now you can consider yourself dismissed. We'll see you Sunday. God bless you. Next time I'll sit this right there. I'll call you one day. I looked up I looked up all those components, uh, you know, the cameras and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've got it all right, but just before I order them. I'll just touch base with you and make sure I've got it all right. Okay. And then I'll order it. We'll go with that.